0: Hello and welcome to this One Good Life podcast where we slow down and explore the beauty and goodness that surrounds us every day. My name is Stephen Ingram.
1: And I am Bryant Johnson. We're so glad you're able to join us today. On today's episode, we are going to slow down to explore the idea and practice of minimalism um, or reduction of stuff. Uh (laughs) That's right. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Or simplification <laughs> or reprioritizing or whatever word doesn't freak you out. Because <laughs> I think that's part of it, right? I mean, the idea of getting rid of stuff, I think probably causes both relief and anxiety when you think about it.
1: Yeah. And in the opposite order.
0: Right. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: a lot of anxiety at first. Uh, yeah. Because this thing had meaning to me uh, to relief uh, once that thing is gone. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Because, uh, you know, things have weight. Um, they have physical weight, obviously, uh, because they are they have mass. Uh, but they also have kind of emotional and um, uh, uh, spiritual weight um maybe existential weight <laughs> and uh and and that they they can weigh heavy on you um there, there there's an interesting stat and i thought this would be kind of a fun way to, to start the podcast uh today um the average household owns over three hundred thousand items the average household has over three hundred thousand items.
1: It's stunning. I saw that. I saw that and immediately I was like, I'm gonna start counting. There's no I way know. we have that much stuff. But then I started looking around. I didn't even I didn't even have to count. I just started looking yeah. around and, and okay, well there's a USB drive there's a yeah. jumper for the baby. There's a hole punch a stapler. Right. Oh make that two staplers. <laughs> That's right.
0: That's right. Because Boom. who doesn't need two staplers? Dude,
1: you don't you don't know how many times and let me pause. This is the logic, right? You don't yeah. know how many times I've been stapling with both hands
0: <laughs>
1: and just going at
0: it. <laughs> You're double fist stapling. You're double fisting the staples. <laughs> and it's silly
1: and ridiculous, yeah. but I think that's the logic. I think that's the You're logic da- behind keeping right. stuff.
0: Well, it's that and it's also the what if factor, uh-huh. right? Yep. What if I'm stapling? What if I, you know, What if I got my staple going on? And, and I'm on a roll and I'm just stapling, having a great and, and my staple gun breaks. Yep. Well, by God, I've got another one right here in storage just in case. Just
1: in case. Or I yep. got a friend over that's gonna help me because we're producing <laughs> these things that we're gonna hand yeah. out and they need to be stapled. And if you tackle 10, <laughs> I can ta- tackle 10. It'll take us five minutes instead of 10 minutes. It's that's gonna right. be awesome. And who doesn't love a staple party?
0: Dude, if it takes if it's taking you 20 minutes to, to staple 10 things, we 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 probably need to get you a new stapler anyways. <laughs> that's, right, that's right. That's right. But but it's it, it's true though. I mean, there, we we use unbelievable amounts of mental calisthenics and rationalization to justify the amount of things that we have. Yeah. Um and 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 I think we, you know, we we I think it's a society. I think I could probably say this. We have more stuff than any other society that has ever lived in the history of humanity. Mm-hmm. I think we can pretty safely say that. Yeah. Um and it's not that we all go out and every day say, Let me buy uh twenty new things today. Um I mean you get stuff in the mail, you get I mean my you know, we'll we'll go to uh, uh you know, we'll we'll be traveling, um to my sister-in-law's house. She lives in Savannah, so it's about a seven-hour drive, and we always have this one Chick-fil-A that we stop at, and my kids get the, you know, the kid's meal because it's the appropriate size. They don't get it for the toy, but by golly, a a toy comes in every one of them, and you know what? That toy, nine times out of ten, ends up in the car or in the house, and then it just gets thrown into a bin with all the other worthless stuff, yeah. um, that, that we accum- accumulate. Um, and so it's not like we're just, it's not like people hoard some people hoard or, or it's not just that people are compulsively consuming. It's just so easy Yeah. to get stuff.
1: Yeah, that's right. And, and, and that's a piece I think we have to make clear is we're not, we're not talking about hoarding stuff. That's right. <clears throat> uh, we're talking about the collection of stuff. um and unnecessary stuff or stuff um that just simply causes a burden um so another example is uh, you know walking through target during christmas Mm -hmm. season oh my god um and there is (laughs) so this may or may not be a true story right uh there is a wonderful looking uh floor mat that could go at the front door um that would be awesome it's only 20 bucks right it's only twenty dollars.
0: And, and it says Merry Christmas. So it says Merry
1: Christmas. It's red. It kind of fits <laughs> the decorations out front. It it's would really look cool. great with the lights we put up. Um, yep. so for twenty bucks we can put it out for three and a half weeks.
0: That's right. And who doesn't want to be hospitable during Christmas? That's right. Especially hospitable.
1: And then store that floor mat somewhere yep. in a closet. Right. Uh, you know, for the other
0: um, what is that, forty nine weeks of the year? Yeah. <laughs> So. well when Christmas comes, you're going to have the most holiday-oriented, hospitable doormat in the whole neighborhood. That's right. But, yeah, yeah. And, but it, if when you say it out loud, how ridiculous how is ridiculous it? How
1: ridiculous is it? And the reality is, like, I'm not going to pay for a storage unit to store a floor that's mat.
0: Right.
1: But I am, right? If I pay a yeah, mortgage or right. I pay rent and I put that that's thing right. in a closet for 11 months of the year. Um, yep. Yeah. I'm essentially just renting storage um, for right. myself. Yeah. Um, I well, have learned and, and, I don't have space for that. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and,
0: and that's the first step, right? I mean, there 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 is a multi-million, multi-billion, I'm sure, um, dollar uh, enterprise in in the U.S. called storage units. Yeah, that is uh, again, if you think about that in terms of history and and even current times. In terms of just kind of the the rest of the world, it's just an unprecedented practice that we have so many things. And by the way, we have the largest homes of any group in history as well. So that's one thing to remember. So not only do we have the largest homes, but we have so much stuff that we can't even keep it all in the largest homes in history that we have to um, invent a whole nother uh, line of business that will let us store all of our extra stuff offsite in another place. And by the way, we're going to pay to do that, uh, as well.
1: And some people and would say normal. that's, that's just the benefit of living in a capitalistic society. Um, uh, I would say, would say that. <laughs> it's, it's a big sign of how much we consume or yeah. if we're storing stuff, how much we purchase and don't consume.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, and, and, and that's part of it too. I mean, I, you know, I think there was a time when uh uh when you purchased an item and you, you there you, you thought about it. Mm-hmm. And not only did you think about it, but when you purchased it, you were purchasing it as a long-term uh, investment. Sure. Yeah, right. I, I very rarely do we buy things as a long-term investment any anymore. Uh, we, we, we buy things more as a subscription, Mm -hmm. uh, as a, as a subscription than an actual investment. And what I mean by that is, you know, I, I'm, I'm a huge Apple fan. Um, I I love the iPhone. I love all things Apple, but when I buy an iPhone, I don't expect that iPhone to be with me in 10 years. And I'm paying a lot of money. And maybe not two years. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly. And, and Apple's great about upgrading their products. You know, you get the the upgrades every year, and, and 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 you know your your product becomes better. But you're spending a ton of money on something that yeah, it's probably going to last you about two years. Sure. And then you get the you get you get the next one, the newest one, and and so and I think most of our purchases, we I mean, think about clothing. You buy seasonal clothing, not not seasonal in terms of. I need a winter jacket, but you buy what's in style this season, what's on the rack, what's the look for the season, what the accessory is for the season, fully knowing that one year from now, when it's time to wear that style or that, you know, if it's winter to wear winter clothes again, that's not going to be in style. And you're going to, you're going to be asked to buy the next thing. Even our clothing is is sort of subscription based. Yeah,
1: it is. It is. Um, And that's, it's too bad it's too yeah. bad that uh, most of what we purchase is intended to be repurchased
0: that's right
1: um, the uh, the challenge is that we don't actually we don't actually have to give in to that yeah right yeah <clears throat> um, we don't have to give in to that I I think that's the hardest the hardest part um, and some some of the thoughts that really are not um, they're more questions right like it's how much of that's about status? How much of that yeah. is about fitting in? Um, how much of that is uh, uh, you know keeping up with the Joneses down the street um, and making sure that we're on board with the things they're on board with? Um, there is that that pressure and power I think of status within our society that that matters and that causes us to spend money in ways that if we did stop and think about it, <laughs> yeah. that's right, would be uh, uh, really just kind of silly ideas. Um, yeah. How do you define minimalism, Stephen? Just so I, I know we're kind of talking yeah. around
0: it, but yeah, yeah. We sort of stated the problem, right? Um, uh, the, so minimalism is such a scary word. I think for people, uh, like we were talking about earlier, there's that anxiety piece uh, where it kind of freaks people out uh, to think about getting rid of stuff, getting rid of their stuff. Uh, most specifically uh, for me, minimalism is uh l- the output ends up being about stuff, but really it's, it's, it's about an undergirding philosophy of life. Uh, it's an undergirding way of, of thinking about yourself, your space, um, what you spend your resources and time on. Sure. Because at the end of the day, everything you consume costs you. Now, even if it's free, it's costing you because like you said, Brian, everything you bring into your house, uh, you're paying rent on that item. Yeah, yeah. And so every single thing you buy, everything, every single thing you consume, it's costing you something. And so for me, when I think about minimalism, it's, it's about a, a, a philosophy of life, a, an undergirding principle about how I exist in this world. Um, now the output is, it does end up being about stuff. Uh, a lot of times. Um, but as you get deeper into these ideas and these practices, you're not just thinking about the things that you own or you consume or you buy. You're thinking about your time. Um, how how do I how do I appropriate my time? How do I appropriate my resources, uh, both financial and and um, uh, emotional and, and 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 it becomes a whole life uh, uh, piece instead of just about Do I buy this or don't I?
1: I think that's exactly right. There's, um, we become burdened um, by Mm -hmm. our stuff. It's not just a physical space um, Mm -hmm. burden, but it's an emotional burden. It's, um, do I have to care for that stuff or can I spend time with the people that I care about? Um, These are the the questions that come up, you know, and the idea of, our, our mortgage being a storage payment. Some people would say, well, I, I bought a house. I have to have a mortgage. Why not? Why not put mm-hmm. stuff in it? Right. Um, but I wonder, uh, in, in fact, I know people, right. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder how many folks have, um, taken out a larger mortgage to care for all the stuff they have. Yeah. More so than a mortgage to have the space that they need. Those are, yeah wildly different approaches
0: <laughs> Well, that, that, that's right and and what happens is when we when we get a salary we look at the salary and we say what is the largest house i can afford on this salary and, and the then we go up tell you too 10, <laughs> and then we go up about 10 <laughs> yeah, percent right? right we figure out what we can afford and then we go a little higher because we'll get a raise yeah. it'll be okay yeah that's right and then we get this we get all this square footage and most of the time, when we move into a new house, we're upgrading. We're moving into a larger house. And then we have some room. Mm-hmm. And we get really antsy when we have room, right? When we have blank space. And so we immediately begin to fill that blank space with more stuff. Um, and, and it's not that we do it intentionally. We we go, you know, we'll run to Target. We'll run to Ikea or, or, yeah. or, and, yeah. and, just, and just start filling it. Um, th- this all came into focus for us, uh, for my wife and I about 10 years ago. Um, we, uh, we, we had lived in Atlanta. Uh, we had a, a good sized house in Atlanta. We were there for five years. I uh, had, had a, uh, a really large lot, um, had a, had a house that's, uh, about two and a half times the size of our house. Now, um, uh, we had, uh, you know, it was, it was a, it was a decent footprint of a house. It wasn't gargantuan, but it was, it was a good bit bigger than we have now. Uh, and we, 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 uh, decided to move back to Birmingham, uh, right when the housing bubble burst. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally we moved out of that house, uh, two months before the housing bubble burst in 2000, uh, 2008, 2009. And so, uh, when we left, we hadn't sold our house yet because I was taking a job in Birmingham. Uh, so we had the house on the market. The housing bubble burst hit south of Atlanta horribly. Mm. I mean, south of Atlanta had oversaturated with houses, and yeah. so nothing was selling. Uh, so we moved in with my wife's granddad, uh, who's who's passed away now. is amazing guy, super cool guy, uh, Buddy Moses. Everybody, <laughs> Buddy Moses. Uh, one of the most amazing guys I ever met. Uh, so we moved in with her her granddad and he had uh, two upstairs rooms. So it was two upstairs room and a shared bathroom. And he said, you know, y'all can, you can y'all can live here for as long as you need. Uh, so we moved all of our stuff out of the house in Atlanta, uh, moved about two thirds of our stuff into a gigantic storage unit uh, here in, in Birmingham. And we kept about a third of it out in those two rooms. Now that, 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 Time we had two kids, so they shared one room. My wife and I shared the other room, and then we had uh the bathroom. We lived there for a year uh in that situation. And it was it was a life-changing year Mm -hmm. because we realized how much we didn't need. Uh we lived for a year without two-thirds of our stuff. When we when our house finally sold and we started looking for a new house, we looked for a much smaller house that the house we live in now is a little under 1100 square feet. So it's a, it's a pretty small house. It's a, a three bedroom, one bath. The one bath gets interesting. Sometimes <laughs> uh, three bedroom, one bathroom, a uh, really pretty tiny house. Yeah. Um, and when we decided to move into this house, we either gave away or sold two thirds of our possessions. Um, and that's the first, that's the first encounter we had with, we don't need not just half of this stuff. Yeah. We don't need two thirds of this stuff. Wow.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and yeah. it, and it sent us on a trajectory, um, that, that really has changed our life pretty dramatically. And I'll tell you about the last two years in a minute, but Brian, have you had any kind of, um, cause I know, I know you talk about trying to live more simply,
1: Yeah. right? Yeah.
0: What sort of brought that about with you guys?
1: My first observation, um, we were moving from Florida up to Charlotte in North mm-hmm. Carolina. Um, and uh, partial job, partial my wife's uh, schooling and education. Um, and so we were moving from Melbourne, uh, Melbourne, Florida on the East Coast up to Charlotte. And I, there was a moment in which um, we used pack rat, right? So it was like one of those mm-hmm. big bins. You come and fill that up. We filled that up. We rented a U-Haul trailer um, that we were going to tow. That thing was maxed out. Um, Mm -hmm. Both of our cars were packed to the rim. Um, And (laughs) my mom came with us. It was me and my mom in in one car. And she had stuff in the floorboard around her. Um, My (laughs) wife, right, and towing towing a trailer, my wife in her car with the dog and the dog squeezed up in the front seat with the seat pushed all the way forward (laughs) and nobody can see out the back windows. Right. Yeah. It was my first realization before we pulled out that day thinking we got a lot of junk. Like we got so much stuff. I don't one. I don't know how we fit it all Two. I don't know how we're going to make it safely. Right. So (laughs) that was, that was the first observation of like, wow, um, we've collected it a bunch. Yeah. Um, now some of it, yeah, sure. Some of it's clothes. You need clothes. Some of it was yeah. furniture, whatever, whatever. But it was the first time I went. Wow, that's a lot. Um,
0: yeah.
1: And then we moved. Uh, we spent four years in Charlotte and moved up to the Winston Salem area. We moved from from a three bedroom house into mm-hmm. a two bedroom apartment that was um, about a little less than half the size of the house. Uh
0: huh. Yep.
1: Um, That was that was where our challenge started was, um, okay, so what are we going to do? Um, mm-hmm. We can rent a garage at the apartment complex. We can rent a storage unit or we can reduce all the stuff that we have. Right. Um, and we, we put some structure around that and put some guidelines around that. And maybe we'll talk about those in a minute. Um, yeah. But we'll put some real kind of intentional uh, decision-making tools um, before us. And then yeah. we use that for guidelines. Ultimately, we chose to reduce. Um, yeah. And spent no more money than the rent for the apartment complex. Um, And we got rid of a lot of stuff at that point. Yeah. Um, Some of it, uh, now we're in a home. Uh, Some of it we have repurchased, like lawn equipment. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Right. Yeah.
1: Repurchasing that was still less expensive Mm
0: -hmm.
1: than paying for a storage unit. Uh, for 12 months, yeah. right? So, <laughs>
0: yeah. And let the gasoline get old and mucky and mess up your engine, anyways, right? That's exactly right. <laughs>
1: but I mean, really, it started a kind of journey into reducing, started um, and being simple, started with the observation of, oh my gosh, every vehicle we have is jam packed mm-hmm. to the roof and it's hard to close the doors and we don't even
0: have room to sit comfortably right now. That's yeah. what it
1: began. Um, well, you, you
0: used the word intentional, uh-huh. right? You said, you said we sat down and we made an intentional plan. I, I think as we continue to do these podcasts, I think that's a word that people are going to hear over and over again. So much about living a good life is intentionality. Um, and, and it causes it, it takes disruption. Yeah, a lot of times in order for us to stand back, evaluate and, and create intentionality in whatever part of our life. Um, that we're doing and for you guys and for us, it was moving, created that Mm -hmm. disruption.
1: And we're not the only people, right. We're not the only people who have observed. I got a lot of stuff that, that I don't need, or I got a lot of stuff and I wonder what I actually need. Um, but there's a difference. I think there's a difference in realizing that and then taking some action. And it doesn't happen without like, um, these are my guidelines and I'm going to stick to them. Knowing the result will be less, um, it, but it's to sticking to those guidelines that you've chosen. Um, and that's where it's hard.
0: <laughs> well, I think that's right. And I, I think people get so depressed. I mean,
1: yeah,
0: I, I, I think it causes a lot of, of depression in people because they, I think most people, and we'll get to the social media comments here in a minute, but good grief. Every, we got a ton of social media responses. We uh, asking about stuff and possessions and, uh, Every single comment we got said, I have too much stuff. Isn't that interesting? I've got too much junk. Uh-huh. I've got too many possessions. Nobody says, uh-huh. gosh, you know, actually, I wish I had a little more. Not a single person. <laughs> but but our actions, right? Our actions say, oh, I need more.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: We know mentally, I think emotionally, I think spiritually, we know we have too much stuff. But that knowledge does not translate into... A changed behavior. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like I, you know, I love food, but I know I weigh too much. All right, I and j- but just because I know I weigh too much, doesn't mean that I change my eating habits in a way that I should. Do I change them? Yes, but not in a way that's going to make a the, the kind of difference that I want in my own life. Uh, and so we're all guilty of that in some level or another.
1: And a pizza buffet is the one place where I'm like. More. Give me more. That's I'll so take another funny. piece. Yes. Oh, there's oh still gosh. some up there. Is it warm? Okay, give it.
0: <laughs> Dude, I don't know how you still eat pizza after. So if you're listening and you'll know this, Brian, how many years were you in youth ministry? 20. Okay. Yeah. So I was in youth ministry for 19 years. Dude, I'm done with pizza. Okay. It's got to be a gourmet pizza that has some really fancy stuff on it for me to want pizza now. I don't know how you can go to Pizza buffet and still want that. A, I, that uh, I die a little inside. A whole
1: other conversation, but uh, I could eat pizza <laughs> at any given, any given moment. It's oh, like the one yeah. food. Uh, goes back, probably all the way back to my childhood. Every Friday night we had pizza, played board nice. games. It was awesome. Um, but, yeah. That's awesome. I, could,
0: I mean, you got you
1: got any pizza now? <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're a fiend, man. You're a fiend. Yeah, I mean, so... so um, that, that part of the journey kind of started, like I said, 10 years ago, uh-huh. uh, kind of getting us to where we are today and talking about this actual word minimalism, because 10 years ago, I didn't know that what we were doing was minimizing. I, I know the verb, but I didn't know there was a philosophy. Uh, I didn't know that there was a movement. I didn't know that there was a whole kind of community that was actually starting to build yeah. around this idea of minimalism. So about two years ago, um, uh, uh, we're big Netflix fans. We're big documentary fans. And <clears throat> my wife and I were sitting um, uh, in, in the living room. It was, I think it was like a rainy kind of Saturday. Uh, I'd seen this documentary called Minimalism that I was really kind of interested in. We had observed that we had, uh, you know, minimized a bunch of stuff in our own lives. And, and I was interested in, okay, here's a whole documentary about mm-hmm. that. I'm going to check that out. Yep. Uh, started watching the documentary. All three kids uh, end up coming and sitting down. Uh, in the living room, we're all kind of snuggled up on the couch watching this documentary. Uh, the documentary uh, is done by these two guys. They're they're uh, they call themselves the Minimalists, um, and their their names are Joshua and Ryan. And uh, they did they this whole documentary about what what does it mean to be a minimalist? What does it mean to live a minimalist life? And and what they would argue is um, what does it mean to me live a more meaningful life? So we watched this documentary fantastic documentary Uh, we'll have a a link to it in the show notes and uh, it was the most phenomenal thing so the documentary goes off the credits play uh, and every single one of us get up without saying a word and we just started getting rid of crap (laughs) I walked to the kitchen and I just started going through drawers and through cabinets my wife went to our room and just started taking out clothes. Uh, my son went to his room and just started grabbing stuff—stuff um, stuff that he hadn't played with. My daughters both went to their room; they share a room, and they start. And for like the next hour or two, we just made piles of stuff and just started getting rid of. It. And that was our what we call our first purge, uh, where the whole family just started getting rid of things. And pretty much, um, every three months for the past two years, we do another giant purge. Um, until more recently uh, in, in the past, um, six months to nine months, something like that, we've really gotten even more intentional about it. Um, and we've been reading books and studying about how to do it in a more intentional way, mm. uh, in a more sy- systematic way. Um, so that's kind of gotten us to the place where we are on, on our journey, um, you were talking about intentionality with with y'all's what, what, what sort of principles did you guys uh, develop? You said y'all, y'all kind of came up with a rubric or a system for it. What, what did y'all develop for that?
1: Yeah. The first was deciding that we weren't going to pay for storage. Nice. Right. That was our first, yeah. <clears throat> first major decision. We weren't going to pay to store stuff. Um, one of the, so once that was made, then we we'll put some structure around that. One of the things was mm-hmm. um, if, if this thing had the phrase like, well, we'll keep that just in case. Right. Anything that fit, and, and maybe you mentioned that earlier, anything that fit just in case, um, mm-hmm. we got rid of. Yeah. Um, that was stuff that uh, either wasn't planned for, or we weren't scheduled for, or we didn't have a use mm-hmm. for. We were just storing it in case those things happened in the future, we would right. have the thing we need.
0: In um, case stapler one breaks.
1: and what We were talking about this I don't know maybe six months ago. Everything we got rid of that fit in that category went from the house to the apartment we have not replaced.
0: Mm.
1: all the just in case, right So it's amazing. Maybe maybe six years from now we'll be like, dang, we should have kept that thing 12 years ago. Um, right. And it's it's silly stuff, right um, so that was one anything that had just in case on it uh, we got rid of. Um, anything that we hadn't used in say three, maybe to six months. Right. And we could replace for $25. Nice. We got rid of that. Um, so we actually put a kind of a financial label. If it was, you know, worth more than 25 or it would take more than $25 to replace, um, mm-hmm. and there might be a use for it coming up. Um, right. Then we kind of talked about it and made a decision at that point. Um, and then, like, being in an apartment, um, we didn't need lawn equipment. Right? right. So everything we knew we weren't going to use for whatever reason while in the apartment um, automatically went went on the block uh, to be either sold at a garage sale or tossed or donated or what have you. Um, so those were kind of key principles. There were other things that stood out to us afterwards. One, we realized, like, how enslaved... To stuff we had been. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And it really wasn't until we packed and moved uh, into the apartment that we realized how much freedom we were about to um, we were about to gain. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Because now there was less to care for, less to manage, less to pay for, um, less to worry about, less to clean, less to dust. You know, all that right. stuff <laughs> was gone.
0: <laughs> so how many nights did you cry yourself to sleep after that?
1: uh i don't think any yeah I think,
0: exactly right right <laughs> exactly the
1: hardest part was like yeah we used this before oh that was a great experience and that was part yeah. of it this yeah. thing had a memory for us and so yeah. it went from the house into the garage and in the garage it sat until we yeah. decided to get rid of it
0: that's right
1: um and that's yeah. the other thing i, th- I would say Stephen. <laughs> i'm sorry you were about to talk but no
0: you're good
1: um And we realize this is like a a looking back. We realize anything Mm -hmm. that we put in our garage that was once inside the house is just one step away from being trash. Yeah. Like being garbage. So that's that's how we park in our car now or park in our garage, park our cars (laughs) in the garage. Is that if if we're going to move something in the garage um, Mm -hmm. out of the house, we really
0: don't need it. That's right. Yeah, yeah, because you're you're putting in a non-functional space at that point, right?
1: <laughs> out of eyesight, out of like reach, yeah. out of yeah. a into a room we don't hang out in,
0: you know? Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, the reason why I ask you how many nights did you cry yourself to sleep is because I knew the answer would be no. But the problem is we act like if, oh my gosh, if I get rid of that thing, I'm going to have to go get six months of counseling. No, no, you won't. You really won't. And actually, you might save yourself some counseling if you start to get rid of, of some of this stuff. It, uh, it, as I was doing some research this week, um, uh, I, I came across a study. is a 2012 UCLA study. Um, from. They have a Center uh, on Everyday Lives of Families. So how cool is that, right? They, this is a whole center that studies just the everydayness of it's the safe. American family. Yep. Uh, and so they, they did this 2012 study. ended up being a, a book uh that that you can uh go I'll, I'll include that uh in the show notes as well. Uh but they one of the big observations they studied 32 Los Angeles families and one of the big observations that they found was that there was a a, a direct link found between the more stuff one has and the and the higher level of anxiety and depression one faces. Uh, It was especially the study found it was especially pronounced among women, Uh, women, uh, their anxiety levels were exponentially higher than their male counterparts in the home uh, when there was more stuff present. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, uh, you know, I think anecdotally, we think that. But to have, you know, a 2012 UCLA study confirm that, uh, that stuff is literally bad for our health. Yeah. It's bad for our mental health health it's bad for depression it's bad for anxiety. Um, so part of part of what I think would be helpful you know we, we I think we've made the point right uh, that stuff for stuff's sake is not good and most of the stuff that we think that we need we actually probably don't need that's right uh, But people still have this kind of hump to get over about minimalism and so I thought it'd be kind of fun to talk about a few myths about minimalism. Mm-hmm that people have. Uh, one of the ones, as I talk to people, uh, I encounter is that a lot of times people think there is only one way to do minimalism. Uh, and one of the things I appreciate about the, the guys, the minimalists that, that I follow pretty heavily, they say, look, no, 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 It's, it's a recipe, right? You, you learn the kind of baseline recipe and then you figure out your, your nuances on it. you you know, how, how you can tweak it, how you can make the recipe your own. Um, and so it's not that there's this one set way that you have to do it this way. It's you figure out what, what brings value to your life and, and then base your rubrics like you guys create your own system, your own intentional plan, um, to, 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 to do that, to simplify your life. Um, another, another myth is that in order to be a minimalist, you have to live like a hermit or a monk. Uh, I think there's this idea that all of a sudden your house is going to turn into like this 12th century stone walled you know single room cell that has a a table with a loaf of bread on it and a candle you know
1: (laughs) used both for heat and cooking (laughs) that's right
0: that's right um that's just not the case uh it's not that you know you have barren walls and and that's the other thing a lot of times people think minimalism and they connect it directly to architecture right like minimalist architecture minimalist art yeah yeah. And that, that's an aesthetic, if you like that, but that's not what it's about. Um, uh, another one, and Brian, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Another, another one people talk about is that uh, if you try to be more minimalist, that your life will suffer. Oh, gosh. What have you found in that regard? Uh, probably
1: the exact opposite. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> probably the exact opposite. Um, yep. More freedom. Uh, yep. I don't think we have to go in uh, too deep, but... I think we found freedom by reducing, not suffering. It may have felt like suffering yeah. where we're like, but we might need it. Um, yeah. Forget it. Once, once that thing's out of your life, uh, it's out of your life. You know?
0: Well, it, it's anticipated <laughs> suffering, right? Like, what if I need this and I might suffer because I might need this one day? It's, 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 it's this fear of the future.
1: I'm telling you, at some point there's going to be, uh, I'm going to have a friend over and we're going to staple things. Yeah.
0: <laughs> The staple party. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to take you 10 minutes to do 10 documents. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, the, the last one I hear folks say is that I'm scared I'm going to have a less fulfilling life. life. And it's so interesting that they connect fulfillment mm-hmm. to having stuff. And, and what I would argue is that the problem is, is that we fill our life, our lives with less meaningful stuff and more. Stuff that's less meaningful, rather than making room for things that really matter yeah. the most or matter more.
1: Yeah, and this is where I would I would encourage folks just to pay attention um, to what's going on in the world and pay pay attention to folks of of all walks of society. Um, yeah, it's interesting to me that um, people with the largest paychecks mm. live paycheck to paycheck. That's so good. People with uh, medium paychecks, lift paycheck to paycheck. And then of course yep. there are people across the spectrum who um who have more than enough finances to do everything they want to do, take wild vacations um because yep. they're not like they're not the middleman for their money. Yeah. Um, that's good. And that's that's this fulfilling part. The more stuff we mm-hmm. have, the more it requires of our finances. Um and the less again the less less freedom we have and I think when we're bound is when we feel like this you know let me let me get one more thing or if um, let me find this next thing that will fulfill me but it's really emptiness and if, if Madonna I forget what the quote was but Madonna a few years ago um, in an interview talked about like uh, there was a point in her life where she realized how much she had achieved and how empty uh-huh. she still felt um, so uh, for her, it was about money and recognition and all those things, and still felt empty, with all of that. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's this is a huge challenge, and I think it's produced by our culture and society, um, and kind of kind of going the other way is um, is not what everybody's doing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's
0: incredibly countercultural. Um, it's it's, and and yeah, yeah. It's incredibly countercultural. Um you know, it's it's one of those things, I, I can't remember who said it, but it, it, you made me think of it. Um, they said one of their practices, you know, you you and your wife uh, basically had some questions you would ask, and one of the questions they would ask is when they're about to buy something, whether it's something small like a you know the, uh, like a shirt at a store yeah, yeah. or whether it's a big pur- purchase, they would look at the thing and the question they would ask themselves is, is this worth my freedom? And if the answer wow. is no, yeah. then you don't buy yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's an that's incredible. Uh, that's an incredible filter because it's not just the physical item weighing you down or taking up your house, but you have to spend hours working to pay for that item. And every moment you're spent you spend on a computer in an office, not doing the the, the thing, other thing you might want to do, right? Yeah. It's costing you your freedom. Is this item worth my freedom? Yeah. That's right. That's revolutionized how how I shop, or actually how I don't shop. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and It's a great question regardless. I, I love the point that you made, regardless of price. It's a great question yeah. if it's a shirt. It's a great question if it's a car payment. Um, yeah, that's is right. It, is this going to be worth it? Well, I wonder, um, I know this week we... We uh, received a bunch of good feedback on social media. I wonder if uh, you feel ready to kind of jump into some of those comments and observations uh, from our friends there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Each week, you know, we spend uh, time on the show sharing your, the listener audience's ideas and questions about uh, this week's topic uh, if you'd like to hear ideas or questions uh, on the show, please interact with us on uh, social media. Uh, on Facebook, We have a page. Love for you to go like that. Uh, it's at this one good Life. or you can obviously email us at info at this onegoodlife. Uh, com. And uh, like I was saying earlier, Brian, it was uh, incredible the number of responses. Uh, that we got this week Uh, it was like as soon as I put it out on social media uh, people jumped on it uh, and and just started commenting like crazy and we got a lot of comments that were just saying absolutely I have too much stuff I've got too many things I'm you know my life's overloaded (laughs) Um, and then some folks uh, jumped in and uh, gave us uh, gave us some really good feedback and some good questions Uh, one of those questions is from Angie uh, and Angie asks, uh, she says, uh, it's difficult as a middle class American not to have lots of stuff. School tells me to send my kid in a yellow T-shirt tomorrow for field day teams. I'm told to wear a white blouse with black pants as uh, to volunteer or as an usher. Kids, uh, uh, the kid, my kids are going boating, so send a life jacket. My kid needs a costume for nerd day at school. Uh, so we've got to go out and buy some pants and some glasses. My kid needs a costume. Or I'm sorry. Uh, I've got to go to a fancy wedding this weekend. I need a suitable dress and accessories. We're going on a snow mountain outing. We're going skiing. I need waterproof trousers. And the list goes on and on. Um, what a great question. Uh, because I think that's one of the things that we all face, right? Um, it is sort of, it, and I think it goes along with the whole what if question. Um, mm, well, yeah. what if nerd day comes up again next year? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what about when we go skiing again? What about when we go snowboarding? What about when I have to serve at this event again? Right. What do you, what do you do with that? Yeah. Cause it's, it's a real problem.
1: Yeah. You know, sometimes, um, and this is one of those cases and, and I don't mean, uh, this isn't against Angie's comments by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of what she named is elective. Oh, that's great. Um, and sometimes I, th- I think we choose, we elect, we select to participate in things that require more of us, and mm-hmm. then and then we feel like, well, they required that, that of us. Um, and, mm-hmm. and maybe there's a little bit of that here for Angie. Maybe there's a little bit of that in my own life, um, where I choose to participate in this thing. Therefore, I have to mm-hmm. dress a certain way. Um, right. It's hard to say no. Um, that's what stands out, right? It's hard to say no, but um, in in the no, um, there's a freedom from having to purchase more stuff to be yeah. to be a part of that, right? Um, so yeah. I, I don't I don't mean to suggest that that's easy. Um, I feel Angie's pain. Um, I feel it in my own life. Um, yeah, yeah. But the the burden is really to say no to extracurricular things that require more of us. Um, especially right. if you're trying to reduce and live um, simpler or um, in yeah. a minimal way. Um, so there's a lot of pressure there, but um, I th- just kind of standing out from her examples, m- maybe nerd day at school uh, is some <laughs> level required, but you certainly don't have to be an usher at church. Um, yeah. You can't say right. no to that if, if, if that is uh, putting more pressure on you to, to purchase something new. Um, I think that's okay. Um, and gosh, I, I just wish more people felt that freedom.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of times is, is we, we put extra pressure on ourselves. That's right. Yeah. Um, we, we, we think we've got to be, uh, you know, we've got to be dressed to the nines for this or that we've got to have all the, you know, we've got to be the best dressed nerd at nerd day at the school. And so a lot of times we'll go out and buy more and more of this stuff. Um, I think a lot of times our problems and, and maybe this is, uh, is part of what Angie's getting at too is I think a lot of times our problem is our first option is ownership. We think if I need to use something I have to go and buy that something in order to be able to use it. Um I would argue what does it look to borrow things? What does it look oh, sure. like to rent things? <laughs> what does it look like to because uh, you, know, you didn't say steal I, I, and, Yeah, it's still some things, you know, just, (laughs) but like, I I mean, this is a classic example in my closet right now. Okay. So this is my, I'm confessing my sin. Oh, and by the way, minimalism is something that you're always practicing. Yeah. You never arrive. It's not achieving. So I I, want to say that you never get to the top of the mountain on this. And so here's part of my sin. So, uh, if you go back to my closet right now, I've cleaned that closet out, uh, So much It is unbelievable. The amount of space that that's been created. But one of the things that's still in that closet is a ski bib. Um, uh, I got this ski bib (laughs) probably eight, nine years ago. (laughs) Guess how many times I've been skiing since. I mean, it's been, it's been seven years. Since I've used that ski bib for skiing, (laughs) I've used it once or twice out in the snow when it snows here in Birmingham, which, you know, that happens a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's at least once, once every century.
0: Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. (laughs) But it's still up in my closet because, well, what if I go skiing? What if it snows? Yeah. Well, you know, and, and so we get, I think we get preoccupied with ownership when there's so many options to rent, to borrow, and, and we never consider what that. What
1: a great example, too, because that's something you could rent uh, just about at every mm-hmm. ski resort you would you would venture out, out to.
0: That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And the same thing, you know, we're talking about life jackets. You know, you can borrow life jackets. If, if you don't have a lake house where you have a boat where you can put your life jackets and store them in the boat, then I bet, I bet whoever's lake house you're going to or whatever boat you're going out on, I bet you can borrow a life jacket from them, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, and again, that's not to dismiss the question. The question's valid. Yeah. Because Please. I think that's part of how we get sucked into this stuff, um, is we 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 end up getting so many specialized things. And then Katie, uh, who's a who's a mutual friend of ours, Bryant. Um, Katie says, I totally agree with Angie. I echo what she said. It's hard to live in that in between place. And don't even get me started. Uh, on how bad I feel for throwing things into a landfill before they're completely used up. So there's a whole level of guilt that's associated. Well, I've got it now, so I've got to keep it or else I'm wasting it. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah that's exactly uh, And right. I
0: think that's a. I think when people are giving stuff away and getting rid of stuff and decluttering and minimizing, I, I know that's a, a that's a feeling that my wife and I have both felt uh, before. It's like, oh, my gosh, I'm I'm wasting so much. Actually, if you flip the script on this, by you keeping it and not using it as opposed to giving it away or selling it, you're wasting it. And actually, you're 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 being greedy with it instead of giving it to someone else to potentially be used more than you would than you would use. That's right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Something else that stands out in these examples, too, um, is the kind of the question of of who is in control of my life. Um, yeah, because if to participate in something that that's going to require more of me, I essentially, am allowing uh, or giving somebody else the power to choose. Right. So if I've made a mm-hmm. choice that I'm gonna um, live with less um, by saying yes to this thing that requires more, um, I've given mm-hmm. them control. Um, or yeah. even here uh, with Katie's example, um, those those things that stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep um that we don't don't want to get rid of um now is making the decision for us um yeah that's right and that's where freedom begins to come in and that was your question earlier right like am i willing to give yeah. my freedom over for this this yeah. thing i think we would all say in that example i'll say no none of the stuff right. am i w- so let's get rid of it that's the challenge yeah. and uh that's right that's what i wrestled with when you said hey let's play the minimalist game I was like, hold on, what do I have yeah. to get rid of? I could do one of these on the first day, yeah. two of these on the second day. No, I might need those things.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, when he gets down to the brass tacks, it's it's terrifying. It's stuff making um, the decision. That's so right. So I'm, I'm right. in. Oh, you're in? <laughs> Brian is in okay so here's what we're talking about gang. and we'll get to this and we'll get to this in more detail in the, um, in the in the good stuff recommendation section but there's a game called the 30 day challenge. Uh, it's from the minimalist.com you can find it on their website we'll include it in the show notes uh, where uh, every day you give away uh, uh, another thing but on day one you give away one th- one thing on day two. You get rid of two things on day three, three on day 24. You're giving away 24 things day, and you keep on and you give her what you end up giving away around 500 items. It is a, it is a crazy game. Uh, it is something, uh, that my wife and I are, are, are going to do, uh, with Brian <laughs> and his wife. Uh, and we'll keep you guys up to date on that as we go, but we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Uh, and then Leslie, uh, jumps in. She says, uh, she talks about how, so Leslie lives in Nashville and, uh, several years ago, there was a really torrential, uh, flooding, uh, in Nashville. If, if you live uh, in that area, I'm sure you'll remember that it was, uh, horrible it was in 2010. And uh Leslie's house was flooded uh during that time and uh she says it was painfully obvious how much stuff we had that we didn't need. We swore we would do better uh if we were able to move back into the house. But yeah, uh I think one of the keys to help uh to help unintentional too much syndrome is to live in one of those tiny houses one sees on HGTV. Otherwise I like I lack the discipline. And even things having, uh, and even things like keeping all the free rubber bands I get from random produce and such. Mm. So they had a natural disaster, lost tons of stuff, uh, basically had to move out of their house, and she saw it as an opportunity. Hey, maybe you know we don't need all this stuff, and she said within a few years they had just as much, if not more, <laughs> stuff. Um, it's addiction, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, we all it are. Is.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's easy. And, uh, you know, the people at Target, they know what to put in the cash register. That's they right. They know what to put on the end caps. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, we are. We're addicted to more stuff. Yeah. I think that's exactly right.
0: Um, well, we're addicted and we um, we let a lot of uh, drug pushers into our life, right? Uh, we're addicted to the drug of, of buying and there are a lot of pushers that are um, a lot of dealers that surround us every day. Every time we turn on the internet, yeah. the television, drive down the road and see billboards, it's it's people uh, wanting to capitalize off of that addiction. Um, and I know that sounds harsh, but I I think that's where we're at. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's where we're at. Well, we want to thank you. Um, Thank you all so much uh, for uh, uh, responding uh, on social media. Uh, Like I said, want to invite you to always engage with us on social media uh, through Facebook at This One Good Life. Email us at info at thisonegoodlife.com. And then obviously you can just uh, come and comment on any of the posts that we have, uh, www.thisonegoodlife.com. And finally, uh, this week, we will dive into some of mine and Bryant's recommendations for you all.
1: Yeah, this is a time where we share some of the good stuff um, that we've discovered in our own lives uh, and that we hope will add beauty and goodness to yours.
0: So I've talked a lot about, well, I've talked a lot, period, um, because I'm super excited about this topic. <laughs> um, but <laughs> uh, I've talked a lot about the, minimal, the minimalists, if I can say their name correctly. I actually had the opportunity to see them in Birmingham here a few weeks ago, Uh, thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, their website is such a great resource for so many uh, uh, great articles. They call them essays, mm-hmm. basically blog posts. Um, they also uh, have a fantastic podcast, which I subscribe to. I, I encourage you to do the same. Uh, their website is www.themenimalist.com. A couple of things I'll put in the show notes, though, because it's a, it's a pretty expensive site. They have lots of great stuff on there. A couple of things I'll point you to. One is uh they have their top 20 articles listed so you can go and if you're if you're wanting to kind of jump in uh and and get sort of their their top rated stuff. Uh you can you can look at their top 20 articles. They have those archived for you. Uh, they also have uh what is minimalism or, uh, uh, an article called what is minimalism and they will do a much better job of articulating that than I can. Uh, and then uh, the 30 day minimalism game that, that Bright and I were just talking about, they have that outlined uh, on the website as well. Uh, I would love if you all uh, want to join in and, and jump in and play the 30 day minimalism game with Bright and I, uh, let us know on social media and uh, let's keep up with that together. Uh, we can just uh, uh, carry that on one of the blog posts and update and uh, um, yeah, that'll be fun to hear your stories and see how uh, you're doing that. But uh, uh they also have a book called Everything That Remains. Uh, you can get that on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it chronicles their journey into uh, minimalism, and, and all of that is just just really fantastic resources from the minimalists. Um, two other books I'll recommend to you. A book called Stuffocation by a guy named James Wallman. Uh, Stuffocation uh, just talks about our consumer, our, our culture, of stuff and how that can um, how that suffocates our life, and then uh, another author named Joshua Becker, uh, and he has a really beautiful book called The More of Less, uh, and this is a book that we have used uh, in our own lives uh, as we uh, continue to kind of practice this idea of minimalism. Right, what you? Got? Yeah, the
1: book I was going to recommend is a book uh, by Max Licato uh, called Traveling Light. Um, now, uh, his book is uh, from a Christian perspective and really um, uses the example of of packing luggage and how much luggage you carry. Um, But I think if you want to get into the right mindset, what he really dives into is all the extra stuff that we carry in our lives, um, emotionally, spiritually, all the baggage that we bring, and, and the idea of unloading that to find freedom. Um, Mm. I think that helps get us in the right mindset, uh, to really begin unloading stuff as well. Um, it, it may be a different, uh, kind of a different twist when we're talking about emotions and, uh, spirituality, but the work is the same. Um, the work coming out of that is the same as that I've got to set this thing down, um, Mm -hmm. and give it away, let go of it, um, get rid of it, uh, to be able to move forward. Um, so great, great read. Uh, it's been out for a few years. I read a couple years ago. Um, fantastic, um, and can apply, you can make the transfer from emotion to stuff really, really quick and easy? Um, yeah, but if,
0: because we're holistic beings, exactly, right? exactly.
1: Yeah. Um, so that that's a book. Uh, so I was thinking about this um, and trying to think a little bit differently. I knew you were going to suggest some of the minimalist stuff. Um, wanted to give uh, kind of a nuanced perspective um, to letting go of the stuff that we carry with us. And, and that's a great place to start.
0: That's great. That's great. I'm, I'm really interested in, uh, seeing, uh, 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 how you and Tanya do, uh, with, with the, with the 30 day challenge. Uh, uh, I hope you'll put some pictures up on the, uh, up on the Facebook uh, feed. I'll put some up, uh, uh of ours as well. And, and kind of how we're going through that and, Again, if you are doing that, if you're out in the audience and you're going to follow the 30-day challenge with us, um, we would love for you to, to post that on social media uh, and tag us, which is at this one good life. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about that maybe in the coming weeks. So. Yeah, I'm
1: excited in, about the challenge in some other time. Maybe at the end of this, I'll explain my logic for saying yes to this ridiculous <laughs> game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but we'll take pictures. Hey, man, and- it's a game... It's a game that everyone wins, right? <laughs> Everyone wins. I fear
1: I might lose. I don't know. We'll
0: see. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. Uh, well, well, folks, that, that just about does it for this week's show. Um, we're so grateful that you have chosen uh, to join us for this podcast.
0: Yeah, and as we close this week, remember the words of William Yates. The world is full of magical things, patiently waiting for our senses to grow sharper. See you guys next week.